Blog Talk Radio. to PGN, Prophetic Grace Network. This is a live internet broadcast for Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. Tonight, we're talking about the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy documentary number eight in the book of Revelation. John the Revelator was called up to heaven. And when he got there, an angel of the Lord, on assignment from Jesus Christ, showed John the Revelator visions about the end times. He showed him vision number one. We could refer to it as documentary number one. Then he showed him vision number two or documentary number two. Then vision number three, number four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12. Tonight, we're talking about the eighth vision John the Revelator was shown. Let's talk about some of the characteristics of it and then get to the prophecy itself. The prophecy is the written report of everything John the Revelator heard and saw as he watched the vision the angel of the Lord showed him. So he didn't go to sleep and have a dream. He wasn't awake and uh, saw in his mind's eye this or that. No, no, no. He was shown an external vision. In other words, he saw something that included moving pictures with sound. Today we refer to moving pictures with sound as movies. But it wasn't just any kind of movie he was shown. He was shown a movie about real events that are sure to come to pass. All time is in God, past, present, and future for those reasons and others, God the Father was able to create, was able to create, to generate, to develop documentaries of events that in chronological time haven't happened, but in the reality of all time have already happened. God knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So we're going to get into the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, the Purple and Scarlet Documentary today. Let's get some details on what's in it. So on blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic, the one-page basic study notes are available for you. They accompany every program since September of, I think it's 2021, one of our wonderful PGN listeners uh, asked for some basic study notes, and I responded to that request. And since then, uh, we've had those for every broadcast for this program. So let me share what's on the basic study notes. Under letter A, the name of the statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation under letter B, the location in the book of Revelation. So you can find the purple and scarlet prophecy. It begins with Revelation chapter 17, verse 1, and it ends with verse 5 of chapter 19. So it's one of the longest documentaries, one of the longest prophecies in the book of Revelation. And I'm going to skip down to letter E on the basic study notes. Here's a non-exhaustive list of key topics. So here are some of the things discussed. Babylon, the Battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist, 
in the finest purple and scarlet linens. So if you have an interest in the Battle of Armageddon and or the Antichrist and or Mystery Babylon and or the finest purple and scarlet linens, then this is the program for you. This is the program for you. Also, what are some of the other keywords, phrases, and numbers? Some of the other keywords, phrases, and numbers as shared on the basic study notes uh, under letter F, seven bowls, the great prostitute, the scarlet beast, seven heads and ten horns, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world, the beast, the bottomless pit, eternal destruction, the book of life, seven hills where the woman rules, seven kings, the eighth king, ten kings, war against the lamb, the prostitute, the great city, plagues, finest purple and scarlet linens, this woman, and deceived the nations with your sorceries. So even before we get to the actual scripture, I have pulled out verbatim language from the scriptures, from the purple and scarlet prophecy Language that will allow you and every truth seeker to quickly connect to the key words, phrases, and numbers. So let us go to our discussion and analysis of the purple and scarlet prophecy. I want to go to Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18. And I want to talk about the end, the end. So what is this prophecy in a nutshell? When the seventh and final plague is poured out on this earth, some key events happen. One of the key events is an earthquake. That's described in the seven plagues prophecy Revelation chapters 15 and 16. Another key thing that happens when the seventh and final plague is poured out by the angel of the Lord on the earth is that God remembers the sins of Babylon. Babylon is a great city, and it's a great city that exists during the Great Tribulation. So the destruction of Babylon happens after the Great Tribulation because of its role during the Great Tribulation. So we have to understand that when we're talking about this city, we're not talking about the deeds of a particular city today, pre-tribulation. We're talking about what are the deeds, what are the actions of this city, Babylon, during the Great Tribulation that result in God judging her, that result with God using the men of this world to destroy that city in a single day with fire. So there's a city on this present earth that's the mother of all prostitutes it's the city that's the headquarters for the one world religion that will accompany the new world order the one world government during the great tribulation during the reign of the antichrist that will last for 1260 days this city is Mystery Babylon. And this city, it sits on seven hills. And this city is clothed with the finest of purple and scarlet linens. 
Again, it's the headquarters for the one world religion. We don't yet have a one world religion. Today, as we survey the nations of this world, there are many religions. In some countries, people practice voodoo. In other countries, people practice Christianity. In others, they practice Islam. In others, they practice Judaism. In others, they practice Buddhism. We could keep going on and on. But during the rule and reign of the Antichrist, during the Great Tribulation, there will be a false prophet, as described in Revelation chapter 13, And under his leadership, his religion, which is the harlot church, the religion of the harlot church, it will become the mother of all false religions. So there is a false Christianity. There is a false Christianity that exists today but will exist in greater magnitude, in greater reach during the Great Tribulation because it's going to solicit the participation of other false religions. It's going to cause those religions to become its offspring, thereby increasing its power, its reach, its finances, its its sorceries by reaching more people on this earth. And the leader of the one world religion, the harlot church, is the false prophet, and the false prophet is the final pope. The false prophet is the final pope. How do we know that? I believe that the false prophet is the final pope because he is the leader of the one world religion that the purple and scarlet prophecy says has its headquarters in Rome, the city of seven hills, has its leadership dressed in the finest of purple and scarlet linens and the bishops and cardinals in this one world religion. If we look at the religion today, there is a religion on this present earth where the leadership The bishops and the cardinals wear those colors. They use that language, purple and scarlet, to describe the colors of their robes. Now you might say, research scientists, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, let's talk about this. The Bible says, in Revelation 18, Revelation 18, verses 4 and 5, Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. Now, why is there a voice calling from heaven saying to those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, in other words, saying to the wheat, saying to the good fish, saying to the sheep who hear his voice, come away from her, my people. The Lord doesn't need to instruct Christians to come away from Islam or to come away from Buddhism or to come away from Hinduism, this is apparent to Christians. But there's a false Christianity. There's a harlot church masquerading, masquerading as true Christianity, where Jesus is not acknowledged as the Son of God, where Jesus is not acknowledged as the only mediator between man and God the Father. And the false prophet is the leader of this religion. 
And in Revelation chapter 13, we learn of six actions that the false prophet will take during the Great Tribulation. One of those actions is to commission a statue of the Antichrist. And another action is to assert that all should take the mark of the beast, the mark of the Antichrist, the 666, the mark of the beast. There will be an instruction to take that on one's forehead or on one's hand. And the people of this world will rejoice. The people of this world will believe that they are headed towards peace because the Antichrist is going to say that he is God. And the false prophet is going to say that he is God. But they are team Satan. Their God is Satan. The true mark, the mark of God, will go on the forehead of God's people as reported in Revelation chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 22. It will include the name of the city of our God, that's the New Jerusalem, as well as the name of our God. That's the true mark. The mark of the beast is a counterfeit. That's Satan's mark. So why does it say here in Revelation 18, come away from her, my people, do not take part in her sins, because there's going to be a lure. There's going to be a pull. There's going to be a great deception. Just because someone says, this is Christianity, this is the true religion, we are the church, that doesn't mean that they are the church. In the end, God will say to many people, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. So when we hear the word church, a question that we must ask ourselves is, is this the true church or is this a harlot church? Is this the church, the great prostitute? What does it mean to be a prostitute? So to be faithful to the Lord our God, and Jesus Christ is Lord, Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh, there's God the Father, And Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and no man has the Father unless he or she has the Son. And, of course, there's the Spirit of God that indwells every person who has found and followed God's plan for salvation. There's a false Christianity And the instruction of the Lord is, come away from her, my people. Very soon, Israel's going to get the green light to rebuild its third temple. And the ashes of the tenth heifer, the red heifer, will be used in ceremonies. Ceremonies, worship ceremonies in the temple of the Lord on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem after the third temple has been rebuilt there will be the emergence of ten nations that alone are relatively weak but together iron mingled with clay together iron mingled with clay they will be stronger than any superpower that has been experienced in your lifetime or my lifetime. So stronger than the United States of America at its peak, stronger than uh, the Soviet Union or Russia at its peak, stronger than China at its peak will be the Ten Nation Alliance described in Daniel chapter 7, in Revelation chapter 13, ten nations. They will have ten kings, and together... These nations will ally to form a new world order. But that order will not last very long. It will not last very long. It will last precisely and only 
42 months, that's three and a half years, that's 1,260 days. Now, the peace treaty that's going to be signed, the confirmation of the covenant is for a period of seven years. But we don't get all of those seven years because the Antichrist is going to break that treaty halfway through. That's what we learn in Daniel. So there is a seven-year period, but how many people know that the devil's a liar? The Antichrist is a flunky of the devil. There's an unholy trinity. Satan, the Antichrist and the false prophet. So the Antichrist is going to break this treaty. And so there won't be, uh, Israel will not be allowed to worship in the rebuilt temple for seven years as promised. The Antichrist is going to defile the temple with his presence. He's going to stop the animal sacrifices. He's going to declare that he is God, and he's going to set up what the Bible refers to as the abomination that makes it desolate. Now, what is God's instruction for those who really are believers? Believers in what? Believers in Jesus Christ. Believers in the work of the cross, individuals who have repented of their sins and allowed Jesus Christ to pay for their sin debt so that they can go free. So the instruction for those who are in Christ, those who are saved, is, Come away from her talking about the one world religion, the harlot church, the false Christianity that's housed, that has its headquarters in Rome, where its leaders wear the finest purple and scarlet. The instruction is to come away from her. Do not take part in her sins. Now, what are her sins? taking the mark of the beast, brewing a cup of terror for others, it says in verse 6. Some of the other sins include Revelation 18, verse 13, buying, quote, human slaves, end quote. You heard me right. The one world religion is going to be a participant in human trafficking. Purchasing slaves, human slaves, says in Revelation 18, verse 13. So let us talk about the wrath of God for the harlot church. Everyone who takes the mark of the beast excludes himself or herself from participation In the first resurrection, after the great tribulation, there's going to be the marriage of the lamb, the first resurrection. But everyone who has the beast DNA, who's taken the mark of the beast, instead of being a child of God the Father, has declared him or herself a child of Satan. God's children go with God. Satan's children go with Satan. Now, what does that look like? God's children rise up to meet Jesus Christ. God manifests in the flesh after the great tribulation. That's in Revelation chapter 14. Those who have taken the mark of the beast, they die a normal death, and when they die, they go to Hades, where they will reside as disembodied spirits in a prison of darkness, awaiting another resurrection. 
And that doesn't happen until after the end of the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this earth. Those who take the mark of the beast and who participate in the battle of Armageddon, they lose their lives immediately when Jesus Christ fights and wins the battle of Armageddon. A sword will extend from his mouth a two-edged sword, and 100% of the people in the armies of the world there in Israel, 100% of those individuals uh, are going to die by the sword of Jesus Christ, and they will experience the first death right then. Now, let's talk about what's going to happen. How is God going to destroy the one world religion? How is he going to destroy that? He's going to go after its headquarters, where the leadership resides, where the the power, uh, the power, the instructions, all emanate from the headquarters for the Harlot Church. That's a singular city. This city is going to become so powerful. What city are we talking about? Babylon. We're talking about Rome. I hear people talking about, oh, Babylon's New York. Or Babylon's Iran. Revelation chapter 17 reveals clues about the city of Babylon. And there's uh, Revelation 18, the key clues from my perspective are this. It's a city that's told to us uh, explicitly. And it's a city that sits on seven hills. For thousands of years, Rome has been referred to as the city of seven hills. It's also the city clothed in the finest of purple and scarlet linens. In Rome, we have Vatican City. We have uh, a religion where the leaders are clothed in purple and scarlet. We have a religion that's a form of christianity and we're told that in the end there's a religion that's a form of christianity that's a false christianity that'll be led by a man who speaks like a lamb but speaks the words of the dragon according to revelation chapter 13 and the dragon is satan the beast that will come up out of the bottomless pit at the end of the thousand years first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ. Let's hear how is this city, the headquarters for the Harlot Church, this city is going to become so wealthy. Imagine instead of a mega church that receives financial support from its members, imagine a one-world religion that receives financial support from individuals in every nation. In this prophecy, we're told that there will be people in every nation of the earth who are deceived by the harlot church during the Great Tribulation. Many of these individuals will give financial support to the headquarters for this church. They will give financial support to their one world religion, and that is going to cause this city to become very wealthy very quickly. Very quickly it's going to amass an incredible amount of wealth. And let's hear now in Revelation chapter 18 what it's going to look like when this city, the headquarters for the one world religion during the Great Tribulation, the Great Tribulation has come to an end. We have reached day 1,260, And now God is going to use the men of this world to destroy this city in a single day. Let's hear about it. God, the wine of uh, God's wrath being poured out on the headquarters for the one world religion after the great tribulation has ended, Revelation 18 verse 1 says, After all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout, Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. So the angel is declaring the 
the end of this city. It hasn't happened yet, but he's saying this is this is going to happen. Then he says, she has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal for all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. Now, what's her passionate immorality? Worshipping a statue of the Antichrist, a false god. Worshipping a statue, a lifeless statue of a false god, the Antichrist. The people are going to be passionately worshipping the Antichrist. They're going to take the mark of the Antichrist on their physical person, either on their forehead or on their hand. People are going to be passionately and intimately involved with the Antichrist and the one world religion. So the Antichrist and the false prophet are working together in tandem to carry out the plans and purposes of Satan during the Great Tribulation. So it says here in Revelation 18, Verse 3, for all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. That means that the presidents and prime ministers and kings and queens, leaders of nations, they're going to make this false Christianity the national religion for their countries and kingdoms. Then it says, Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. So when this city, Rome, is going to acquire great riches, it's going to become an extremely wealthy city. It's going to be more wealthy uh, than uh, Geneva, than uh, Tokyo, Beijing, New York. Think of the places that in your mind are very wealthy. It's going to exceed that. By some, uh, by some number, some number that's very great. Then it says, then I heard another voice calling from heaven, come away from her, my people, do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to, uh, to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. Now we're going to hear what are the evil deeds of the one world religion with its headquarters here in Babylon, which is the city of seven hills. What what are the deeds of this one world religion led by the false prophet, the final pope? Here are her deeds. They're listed here. Revelation chapter 18, verse 6. She brewed a cup of terror for others. Now, what you say, terror, how can a, a religion bring terror? Well, there are religions today that are uh, associated with terror, but this false Christianity is going to be associated with terror because it's going to be working to take out Christians, all who give testimony for Jesus Christ, because they're going to be giving testimony about the Antichrist. But... The true people of God are going to be giving testimony about Jesus Christ. It says here, she brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew as much for her. She glorified herself and lived in luxury. So match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow, and I have no reason to mourn. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day. Okay, so here it is. What's going to happen to this city, the city of Seven Hills, the city that's the headquarters for uh, the one world religion, the harlot church during the Great Tribulation? What's going to happen to this city, Rome, in a single day? Here it is, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire, for the Lord God who judges her is mighty. So this city that's going to be extraordinarily rich 
It's going to have an incredible economy. It's going to be so wealthy, taking in financial support from every nation. People in every nation are going to support the one world religion. It's going to become extremely wealthy. It's going to be connected to uh, the new world order run by the Ten Nation Alliance, led by the Antichrist. Um, she will be completely consumed by fire. So Rome is going to be no more. It's going to be consumed by fire in a single day. Now let's hear more about this. This is the report of the destruction of the headquarters of the one world religion, the harlot church, the false Christianity during, uh, after the great tribulation, uh, when the seventh and final plague is poured out, that's the wrath of God. Here it is. Verse nine says, and the Kings of the world who committed adultery with her. So in other words, these presidents, prime ministers, Kings and Queens who made through declarations, and edicts, they're going to make the one world religion, the national religion for their nations. It says, and the kings of the world who committed adultery with her. So instead of being faithful to Jesus Christ, they give themselves intimately, passionately to the Antichrist. So that's committing adultery. It says, and the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury... And so in return for them worshiping Satan through their connection to the one world religion and taking the mark of the beast, they're going to gain riches. They're going to be able to buy and sell in uh, this economy that accompanies the Ten Nation Alliance. It says, uh, and enjoys her great luxury, will mourn for her, as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. So when the people of this world, in particular the presidents and the prime ministers and the kings and the queens of uh, nations and kingdoms, when they see the number one city of the entire earth, the wealthiest city on the earth during the Great Tribulation is going to be Rome, when they see it destroyed by fire, and they see only its charred remains, they're going to mourn. They're going to be sad. Why? Because their wealth is going to be connected to the wealth of Rome. It says they will stand at a distance terrified by her great torment. Now, why are they terrified when Rome is destroyed? Maybe because they're getting a clue. They're saying, wait a minute. Wait, they're saying, wait a minute. This is God's judgment. If God judged Rome and we're following the religion coming forth from Rome, maybe God's going to judge us. Maybe we're next. Then it says in verse 10, they will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for you. Oh, Babylon, you great city. In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her. Talking about the headquarters for the Harlot Church, that city of seven hills, Rome. It says, the merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant thigh and wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, and bronze, iron, and marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies. That is human slaves. The fancy things you love so much are gone. They cry. All your luxuries and splendors are gone forever, never to be yours again. So they're going to realize when they see Rome destroyed uh, by fire in a single day, and the only it, it's, there's so much fire that they're just charred remains. They're going to realize that the headquarters for the one world religion, it's never, ever coming back. It's not going to be rebuilt. 
and they are going to say out loud, they're going to assert, all your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. So this knowledge that they didn't have for 42 months, they're going to have in a single moment when they see God's judgment come upon the headquarters for the harlot church. They're going to be deceived for the entire great tribulation period. Those folks who take the mark of the beast, who are worshiping the Antichrist, they are going to be in deception, believing that they're worshiping a true God when, in fact, they're worshiping Satan. They have been recruited successfully and are on team Satan. They're going ultimately to be with Satan forever in Gehenna, the lake of fire. The second death does have power over them. In contrast to the believers who refuse the mark of the beast during the Great Tribulation, the second death has no power over us, and we're going to participate in the first resurrection. Now let's continue here. Then they say, how terrible, how terrible for that great city, verse 16 of Revelation 18. She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. Now think about this. Imagine the city. Put in your mind's eye, just think for a moment, of the city that you think is the richest, wealthiest city. Think about all of the gold and the silver in the city, uh, all of the real estate, all of the fine clothing, all of the, the jewels, and imagine that wealth being destroyed in a single day. So that's what's going to happen to the city of Seven Hills, the headquarters for the Harlot Church, the false Christianity when the wrath of God comes after the great tribulation, when the seventh and final plague is poured out. Then it says, uh, continuing in verse 19, continuing in verse 18, verse 17, and all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend, and they will say, where is there another city as great as this? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief, and they will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. Now, we first heard about how the presidents and prime ministers are going to cry out, and they're going to say, oh, everything is bad. Then we heard about how the merchants, the business people, are going to cry out. Now we hear about, People who are who locally, they're nearby. They're not in Rome, but they're nearby, and they're going to cry out. And here's what they say. How terrible, how terrible for that great city. The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it's all gone. So every person in this world is going to come to the realization, finally, the deception's over. They're going to realize God's judgment on the harlot church is here. And we thought that the Antichrist was the true God, but there's another God, and this God has destroyed in a single moment, has destroyed in a single moment uh, this great city. Then it says in verse 20, rejoice over her fate, O heaven. So what's our reaction supposed to be? Us believers, when the seventh and final, seven final plagues are poured out, I believe that Revelation uh, chapter 15 reveals that we will be in heaven. After the first resurrection, when we rise up to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds, I believe that Revelation verse 15 reveals that we'll continue with Jesus Christ uh, to heaven for some period of time, that's relatively short, but some period of time. And during this period of time, the seven final plagues are poured out. And so it says in here, verse 20, this is where 
believers who were here during the Great Tribulation and believers that uh, were not here during the Great Tribulation will all be together in heaven. And it says in verse 20, Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God, and apostles, and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, Just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again, for your merchants were the greatest in the world, and you deceived the nations with your sorceries. In your streets flowed the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people, and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. That's the end of Revelation chapter 18. People all over the world. What people? People who believe in Jesus Christ, people who give testimony for Jesus Christ, are going to be slaughtered during the Great Tribulation. And who's responsible? Satan's leadership. The false Christianity the one world religion, the harlot church led by leaders who wear purple and scarlet linens, they are going to be responsible for beheading and using perhaps other means to slaughter, it says, slaughter all over the world God's holy people. Who are God's holy people? People who give testimony for Jesus Christ. Now you might say, I don't believe that because we're going to be raptured out of here. We're going to be raptured out of here before the Great Tribulation. Well, let's go to Revelation chapter 20. Let's take a look at that. Revelation chapter 20 says, And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. Let's hear that again. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. So you know what beheaded means? Someone is killed by the head being taken off of the person. And why were these people beheaded? It says, for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. Okay, so there's a group of people who are going to be beheaded because they give testimony for Jesus Christ and proclaim the word of God. Now let's hear more about these people. In verse 4 of Revelation 20, the next sentence says, They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. Let's pause there again. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, The statue is not commissioned by the false prophet talking about the statue of the beast, which beast, the Antichrist, is not commissioned until the Great Tribulation. Revelation chapter 13 reveals one of the six key actions of the false prophet during the 42 months, the first seven years in the peace treaty that will give uh, Israel the green light to rebuild its third temple, One of the actions of the false prophet is to commission this statue. So this happens during the Great Tribulation. So if Christians refuse to worship the beast and refuse to worship his statue, that means that we are here. We can't refuse to worship a statue That doesn't exist yet. That doesn't make sense. The statue comes first, then there's an instruction to worship the statue, and then individuals decide to follow or refuse 
that instruction, to follow that instruction or to not follow it. So, again, when is this statue available for worship? The statue does not exist until it's commissioned by the false prophet during the Great Tribulation. We know that from Revelation chapter 13. Also it says here in verse 4, they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, we've talked about that, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. The mark of the beast is available during the Great Tribulation. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute, research scientists. I believe that the technology for the mark of the beast is here right now. That could be the case. I don't know exactly what the mark of the beast is. God hasn't shown it to me yet. If you know what it is, I'd love for you to uh, share that with us. Would love to hear from you about that. It's very possible that the technology that will be used for the mark of the beast or as the mark of the beast is very possible that that is here. But the actual administration of the mark of the beast, it only happens after the Great Tribulation begins. So individuals aren't instructed to take the mark of the beast until the beast has declared that he is God. And because he's God, the false prophet will say, well, now you need to show your allegiance to God by taking God's mark on your body. Well, you don't show allegiance to God until you know that that God is, and you've been instructed to do that. Now, you're not going to do that, I hope, as a truth seeker and a believer, because the mark of the beast is a false mark. The true mark is the mark of God, and that goes on the forehead of every believer, as reported in Revelation chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 22. So what am I saying? I'm saying that during the Great Tribulation, Just as it says in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. That's why there's the instruction in the purple and scarlet prophecy, do not partake of her sins. So in other words, do not take the mark of the beast or you will be punished with her. The Antichrist and the false prophet, they're headed to the lake of fire. Everyone who takes the mark of the beast is headed to Hades, then the great white throne judgment, and then the lake of fire. So there'll be a a period where those who are team Satan, uh, team Antichrist, are separated from the Antichrist. So the Antichrist and the false prophet, they're going to the lake of fire right after the end of the Battle of Armageddon. Those who are Team Satan, when they die, they don't go straight to the Lake of Fire. They go first to Hades. Then they go to court to have their cases heard, as described in the Dead Judge Prophecy, Revelation chapters 20, verses 11 to 15. Then after their case is heard and they're found guilty, then they go to the Lake of Fire where they will join the Antichrist, the False Prophet, and Satan. Now, what else does it say here in Revelation 20, verse uh, verse 4? They all came to life again, talking about individuals who are beheaded during the Great Tribulation. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So what is this timeline? What's this thousand years? There's the rebuilding of the third temple, Israel has not had a temple of God on the Temple Mount since 70 A.D. when it was destroyed by the Romans. Rome is going to emerge as the headquarters for the harlot church during the Great Tribulation. That will be 1,260 days. At the end of the 1,260 days, Jesus Christ returns. And as reported in Revelation chapter 14, 
Every person on this earth who has survived the great tribulation and who is in Christ will transition from mortality to immortality. So first, the believers who are in heaven, they're going to flow down. As described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, they're going to return with Jesus Christ. And those of us who are here, we've survived the great tribulation because not all Christians are going to be beheaded. But those of us who survive, we're going to rise up to meet Jesus Christ and the other believers in the clouds. So here in Revelation 20, verse 4, it says, they all came to life again. What does that mean? That means that those believers who didn't make it to the end of the Great Tribulation but were beheaded during the Great Tribulation, those believers are going to be re-embodied. They're going to put on an incorruptible body at the first resurrection. That happens after the Great Tribulation has ended. So they will spend some time in heaven as disembodied spirits. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who die in Christ. Now, as you know, to be absent from the body is to be present in Hades for those who die not in Christ. So, Revelation 20, verse 5 says, this is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Those who go to Hades, those who take the mark of the beast, and then whether they die at the Battle of Armageddon or they die 20 years after the Battle of Armageddon, they have never transitioned to immortality. So at some point, their mortal body is going to give out. They're going to experience the first death, and they go straight to a prison of darkness in Hades as a disembodied spirit where they remain, as it says right here in Revelation 20, verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. They come back for what? They participate in another resurrection. They're resurrected so that they can participate in the great white throne judgment. Well, friend and truth seeker, I hope that this has been a time of energetic revelation for you. The end of the world is coming. What's the end of the world? The end of this earth after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ and the great white throne judgment. We're transitioning from an earth that's under the curse to a new earth where there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more evil, no more sorrow, no more death. Let's hear it. Revelation chapter 22, the last documentary John the Revelator was shown is the new earth documentary. And this is what he saw. Revelation 22 verse 3, no longer will there be a curse upon, sorry, I mean to go to Revelation 22. One, that's where it begins. Revelation chapter 21, the beginning of the new earth prophecy, John the Revelator says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And then it says, uh, Revelation 21, verse 4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So we are coming to the end of this world, the end of this earth, the end of time, and we're headed to a new earth and a new heaven. We're headed to a world without end, a world where eternal life exists for every person who is in Christ, every person who will be a member of the royal race, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, who have allowed their cases to be heard in advance of the great white throne judgment. In other words, every person who has made Jesus Christ his or her Savior, 
We have all been to mediation because Jesus Christ is the only mediator between man and God the Father. By going to mediation, all of our sin debt is paid. All of our sins have been blotted out of our books in heaven. Therefore, our case is settled. God no longer has a case against us because we're in right standing with God due to going to mediation. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to pay for all the sin debts of humankind. But you get to decide. I get to decide. Are you going to allow Jesus Christ to pay your sin debt, or do you want to go to court to litigate your own case? Are you going to pay for your sin debt? Let me tell you, you don't have enough money to pay for your own sin debt. Your blood is not sufficient to pay for your sin debt. Your finances are not sufficient to pay for your sin debt. Your good deeds are like filthy rags, the Bible says, they're not sufficient to pay for your sin debt. The only thing, the only thing sufficient to pay for your sin debt is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, God, he knows that you don't have enough to pay for your sin debt. So he created a human form so that he could come and as Jesus Christ, He could pay for your sin debt himself. He could die in your place by dying on the cross. And therefore, since he died, and that was illegal because he had no sin debt, his death can substitute for the death that you and I deserve because we have sinned when he didn't. We deserve to die, but instead... We can get eternal life because the blood of Jesus Christ can be exchanged, can be rendered, remitted as payment for our sin death. Therefore, instead of experiencing eternal death, we can transition from death to life, eternal life. Not talking about life in uh, in, as a disembodied spirit, as a ghost, as uh someone who remembers oh one time long ago Adam and Eve they had it perfect and too bad we can't have that but at least we can be as spirits doing this or that no 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 god is greater than the plans the power and the purposes of satan we're going back to God's plan, his dreams, and his plans will be realized. We're transitioning from this earth that's under the curse to a new earth. And on that new earth, God the Father is going to have his home, which he's going to relocate from present heaven to the new earth. And every person who is Team Jesus will be a permanent member of God's family, a member of the royal race. We're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years on this present earth, and we're going to continue ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ and God the Father forever and ever on the new earth. So, friend and truth seeker, if you haven't done so yet, please, Make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life because every person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life is on the list, is on the list for those who will transition from mortality to immortality. Every person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life will transition from this present earth to the new earth where there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more grief, no more mourning, no more death. You want to be on the new earth. You want to be on the new earth where you can be with all of the believers, including some of your friends, family, and relatives, forever and ever. You'll never be sick again. You'll never have bad knees again. You'll never have poor vision again. You'll never have uh, a missing limb. You'll never suffer, suffer from psychological torment or distress again. You'll never suffer again on this new earth. You want to be there. You want to be on the new earth because that is God's 
will for your life. Now, you can cooperate with God or you cannot cooperate with God. You decide. Do you want to be on the new earth with God the Father or do you want to be in Gehenna, the lake of father, the lake of fire with Satan, the father Satan is the father of the children who are under deception. So Satan has his children and God has his children. We are not all children of God. Some are children of God, as the book of Romans reveals, and some are the children of Satan. You get to decide, do you want to be restored to sonship and daughtership? Do you want to be in right standing with your God, your creator, or do you want to go with Satan, the father of all lies, who's headed to the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever? You can go with him. You can be with Satan, who is the father of many, but that's an inferior choice in my opinion. But I'm not the boss of you. You're the boss of you. You get to decide. Now, you might say, I need more time. You don't have more time. You don't have more time. At any moment, any of us could be caught out to eternity. When your mortal body gives out, if you are not in Christ, you will descend as a disembodied spirit. You will descend to places underneath this earth. You will have a long-term visit in Hades in a prison of darkness where you will reside for more than a thousand years until you are resurrected for the great white throne judgment. However, if you are in Christ and your mortal body gives out, you will ascend to heaven as a disembodied spirit where you will reside with Jesus Christ and God the Father until the first resurrection, at which time you will put on a new physical body, a tangible body that allows you to eat. And in your new body, you'll be able to fly. You'll be able to rise up in your new body the same way Jesus could fly in his resurrected body. It says in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead. Now, who's the secondborn? All of us who are in Christ, we're the second born of the dead. It's going to happen at the first resurrection after the great tribulation. So, friend and truth seeker, if I don't see you until then, I look forward to seeing you in the first resurrection. And if you haven't done so yet, according to Jeremiah 33, 3, I urge you to call out to God because he promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time, friend and truth seeker, God bless you.